Welcome to the Skin Philosophy Edit with your host, myself, Anna Louise Kenny. I'm here to bring to you the knowledge and skills to level up your business. We are speaking to industry experts across the industry to make sure that you're getting your knowledge in skincare, equipment, ingredients, and everything else you need to make sure you have the best of your business. Hello and welcome back to the Skin Philosophy Edit with myself, Anna Louise. And today we have Margaret and she's from Look Good, Feel Better charity, which um, she's in here to us to talk about today. So thank you, Margaret, for You're coming. You're very in. welcome. Lovely so to be here. <laughs> if you can just give me an overview of the charity and then we can go about how we how it was started and everything. Right. So, OK, yeah. well, Look Good, Feel Better is actually a global charity. But yeah. here in Ireland, um, we we have Look Good, Feel Better Ireland as it were Um, it would have started back in the US in um, the late 80s and since then it has spread all over the world coming to Ireland in about 2003 Um, so it's in 26 countries uh, you know worldwide now at this stage Mm. Um, so here in Ireland when it started we were under the umbrella of the Irish Cancer Society and um, but then in 2012, the charity was set up, like registered as a registered charity, charity number. And um, so we're totally independent now. Yeah. Um, OK, very good. And so it was on that under the umbrella of the and- Irish Cancer Society. And but then it moved away from it separately. Yes, yeah. So how did like say how did the whole concept of the charity start? You know, the worldwide one. Um, well, it started, which, you know, it comes back down to what we do every day yeah. in that a doctor in a hospital in the US somewhere um, had a patient and she um, was she was obviously an inpatient having her treatment, losing her hair, etc. And stopped wanting to see visitors, wouldn't leave her room um, just was so lacking in confidence and hating the look of herself. Mm. And he kind of thought, what can I do for this lady? So he brought in a friend of his who did makeup and um, styling and stuff like that. And he couldn't believe the transformation, yeah. not just in how she looked, but in her confidence and in her attitude. Yeah. And he thought to himself, you know, this this can't be just for this one lady. I mean, it has worked so well for her. Yeah. Um, surely we can do this for as many as we can. And that's really where the germ of the idea started. OK. And so why did you start try like decide to bring it to Ireland then? Like why? Um, well, it was originally a friend of mine, actually, Emily, who um, she had been doing some training in the UK and um, she heard about it and um, she thought we need this in Ireland. Yeah. You know? And uh, I mean, she was a makeup artist and uh, she thought this has to be, you know, so uh, yeah. herself and a couple of others, they got together and uh, with a lot of help from Look Good Feel Better UK because it was in the UK. Yeah. So kind of the model of their what they had been doing um, was used and gradually it was introduced here, starting with just one or two hospitals um, and then gradually ex- expanding. Um, so pre-COVID, we were actually in um, 17 hospitals around the country. So all the big hospitals in Dublin, the major hospitals in Dublin. But then we were in Letterkenny, Cork, Galway, um, yeah. Waterford, you know. So uh, COVID kind of put a stop to that. But we've 
we're, we're, we're going about it differently now. <laughs> OK, so two things. So basically you're in the hospital and then you're just going round to patients to kind of to make like make them feel better just in hospitals. Yeah, well, at- the, um, it's actually we don't go individually to patients. So we the nurses, um, you know, are very much involved with us, both the Daffodil Centre nurses yeah. and the oncology nurses on the wards. So um, in a hospital or a cancer care centre, if we book a date for a workshop, then the nurses actually get the participants. They book a room, um, you know, with like a large table, like a boardroom table or whatever for up to 12 women at a time. Mm -hmm. And then one of our volunteers who will be a makeup artist um, and maybe two or three volunteers uh, will go into the hospital like at two o'clock on that Tuesday, whatever it is. And the women will all, some of them will be inpatients. Most of them will actually be outpatients. So they'll be traveling from home to come into the the workshop and um, they get everything they need. And we've got mirrors and placemats and all the, you know, that they need in front of them. And then they all get um, a bag with all the cosmetics that they need. Um, So everything from cleanser right up to their lip gloss. So um, the volunteers then go through everything with them, starting with the skin, skin care. Because a lot of women suffer extra problems with their skin once they've when they start treatment um, the skin can get very dry um, and quite sensitized you know and the, the so yeah. like the volunteers are able to give tips and uh, yeah. things as to you know how to deal with the changes in the skin then moving on to the full makeover yeah. and um, I suppose what most women are you know most interested in is how to camouflage the fact that you've no eyebrows or yeah. no eyelashes um, so we use makeup and just give them lots of different tips and techniques to best use the products that are available um, to make them feel more like themselves or look when they look in the mirror that they yeah. see who they used to be rather yeah. than what they you know who they've become yeah. um, because of the treatment yeah. uh, in many of the workshops then as many as we can we invite somebody in um, who would be an expert in hair loss and wig fitting and all that kind of thing. So if anybody has any questions about that aspect, you know, if they've lost to the hair, obviously not everybody loses their hair. So it's not um, applicable to everybody, mm-hmm. but there are plenty who do. And it's it's a big thing. Um, mm-hmm. So um, they get advice then on when and how to pick a wig and getting a wig that fits properly. And then the... Um, you know, when their hair starts to grow back, then how best to treat the scalp. Um, the, the first question that's nearly always asked um, of that person is, when can I dye my hair? You know? <laughs> because, well, for the majority of women, if they lose their hair and it starts mm. growing back, it's growing back a colour they, they have never seen because, really? well, most of us dye our hair. So yeah. like whether... And I mean, obviously, as you get older, uh, it's going to grow back grey. Yeah. But even if it doesn't grow back grey, if you've always, you know, um, got your hair highlighted or, you know, blonde, yeah. um, you might just, you know, goes back to your original, maybe mousy colour that you haven't seen since you were 18, maybe, yeah. you know, because. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that mousy colour. It's awful. Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, um, it is a big shock, I think, you know, sometimes yeah. for people when the hair does start to grow back in it 
doesn't look anything like what it was when it fell out, you know. So um, so lots of advice on how to deal with that. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so when you're like with the makeup and the skincare and all of that, where do you source the products? Like, do companies donate? They yes, they are all donated. Yeah. Um and um. Things have changed somewhat over more recent years. In that, in Ireland, the cosmetic industry, even up to say ten years ago, was very much um just an add-on to the UK. So all the products that we had and all the products you see in the pharmacies and the uh, the brands that you see in the, you know, in Brown Thomas or whatever, were all UK brands. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so we actually relied quite a lot on getting the donations through the UK. Yeah. Um, through the companies themselves where they would allocate X amount to look at Feel Better UK and then X amount to look Good okay. Feel Better Ireland. Because a lot of the companies are, um, you know, Chanel, say, yeah. UK and Ireland. You know, it's not, you know, we're not a separate market. Yeah. Um, in more recent years, uh, and, you know, we're so delighted with this, there are so many brands coming online that are Irish, yeah. you know, and um, they've been extremely generous, you know, yeah. because in comparisons to the Lancomes or the Chanel's or the L'Oreal's, they're very small, you know, so that to be donating a thousand products is is a much bigger thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, we like there's some brilliant um, new products coming out, new companies. So we've got AU um, sculpted by Amy. Yes. Um, oh, she's donating. Yes, That's lovely. Yeah, Carter Beauty, you know, nice. like uh, yeah. so Sumi, you know, yeah. that they're all getting involved and it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the, the second thing that, of course, happened in, in that 10 years, if you like, was Brexit. Yeah. So getting stuff from the UK. Oh, I know. It's far more difficult, it's such a you know, from, you know, yeah. from a customs and excise yeah. point of view. Yeah. Um, so to be able to get stuff from Ireland, like yeah. it's just, you know, so we run short of something and Amy or Susie or whatever will just step in. And, and you're talking just, yeah, well, it'll be a couple of days. We'll, yeah. we'll pack that up and we'll get get that out to you in a couple of days. That's um, great. Yeah. So. And if someone wanted to donate, like how would they go about it? Like, say, if there was someone listening, like with companies, skincare companies, that kind of thing, how would they donate? Yeah, well, um, if they go to the website, which is yeah. just lookgoodfeelbetter.ie, yeah. Um, uh, just make sure that it is .ie, you know, because we're, you know, you could get like the UK one is there and the US one is there. But yeah, yeah. so .ie and um, our email address is there. So you can, um, it's info at lookgoodfeelbetter.ie yeah. and um, just introduce yourself and see what uh, what you could yeah. possibly donate and we, we'll look into it. And yeah, that yeah. would be great. And so how did it affect with COVID? Um, that whole right. Well, of yeah. course, COVID. Like all our workshops were in hospitals at mm. that point, and I mean the hospitals just closed down to anything other than absolute necessity. Necessity. Yeah. Um. So we were reeling for a couple of weeks, and of course, when lockdown came, it was only supposed to be for a couple yeah. of weeks. So yeah, you know the way we just kind of said, oh, well, you know, it's just a little hiccup. But of yeah. course, <laughs> that's not yeah. how it worked out. <laughs> um, it went on and on. So um. We set up virtual, so um, our volunteers were working from home via Zoom. Um, potential participants could register on our <laughs> website. 
um, they'd be sent out the cosmetic bag and then they'd be sent the Zoom um, details and they can log on then and oh, that's lovely. with yeah. the, the volunteers. So I mean, it's not quite the same, yeah. but it's certainly better than nothing. And, you know, as it turned out, COVID went on for so long that women would have who who would have liked to go to a workshop they they would have been finished their treatment and got it finished like yeah. in the three years it took for COVID to to go so yeah. they'd have totally missed the opportunity you know to attend um and then um the hospitals are still very slow to open up to us yeah but what happened in 2021 the second part of 21 is that some of the cancer care centres around the country reopened. Um, you know, obviously they had closed totally for initially. Um, so we got in touch with a whole lot of them all around the country. Mm. And um, so they recruited participants. Um, again, we ordered the bags, sent them down to the, um, the cancer care centres and the ladies came in there to their local cancer care centre and one of our volunteers went and um, they were able to do the workshop. So that has continued like and the virtual are continuing. We're still doing the virtual. We have a virtual workshop probably every once a month mm. for people who register through the website. Some of the cancer care centres um, are a little bit remote in terms of our volunteers. So we don't have somebody who's kind of local to the cancer care centre who can go and host it. Um, they will do it through Zoom as well. Yeah. Um, you know, but uh, so like we're before COVID, the, the year, so it would have been 2019, um, 1,020 or 1,030 or something women had gone through the programme that year. And obviously that dropped 20 21, 22. Now, this year, 22, we were around 900 okay. and we're hoping to get yeah. back up to the thousand in 2023. Yeah. So we're back on track numbers wise. Um, but um, there are very few of the, you know, we're not actually going into the hospital so much anymore. Yeah. Um, whether yeah. that'll change, I don't know. Um, St. Luke's in Rathgar, they came on board very recently and we're in Limerick. But, you know, that we're very few of the hospitals um, yeah. have actually. I, they're still being overly cautious, I think, and yeah. maybe not overly cautious. They're yeah. being very cautious yeah. um, and not bringing, A, not bringing people like us in who don't need to be in a hospital, you know, and then B, that the, the least number of times a cancer patient has to visit the hospital, the best. You yeah. know, they, they obviously have to come in for their treatment. They have to come in to see their consultant. Uh, they don't have to come in for a makeup session, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and then, you know, uh, management changed and the nurses all changed in the hospital. So, um, you know, the, yeah. the whole... The whole scenario changed, really. Yeah, yeah. But um, but we're very happy that the cancer care centres have um come on board with us, and they just love it. Yeah, you know. And what do you find like that people struggle with the most with regards to that, like with the skin and how they look and their hair and like I know hair is a huge one, mm. but even just skin and stuff like that, like drying out, aging. Like yes. what do you see with the people? Yeah, um, a lot of people's um, yeah, well, 
I think even if uh, even if you had oily skin before you started uh, treatment, unfortunately, chemo seems to have that effect that it just dries the skin out. And then if you had dry skin to start with, then you're, you know, you're really yeah. like you're talking kind of flaky skin and everything. Like, yeah. um, a lot of people um, develop rosacea. Really? Mm. Um, yeah. and, um, and certainly redness, you know, even if it doesn't quite go as far as rosacea, certainly a lot of redness and a lot of sensitization. So products that they would always have used, you know, yeah. moisturizers, whatever, um, all of a sudden are yeah. reacting with their skin, yeah. you know, so th they're having to play around a bit and, and change. Yeah. Um, sometimes they need to kind of pare back on their skincare regime, maybe. Um, if yeah. somebody who was uh, very, like enjoyed a very regimented kind of skincare regime of cleansing and, um, you know, retinol at night time and vitamin C and, you know, all those kind of serums. Um, when you're undergoing treatment, um, you can't use kind of active ingredients like that. Yeah. So um, it, it's a matter of pairing it back and yeah. going more, you know, simpler. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, the products that we have that are donated are all high street products. And we always point this out at the start of every workshop. Um, they're not specific products for cancer patients, but yeah. obviously they're they're well tested and well, uh, you know, over the years. Um, so for the most part, most people can use them. Um, you will find that uh, some people just, you know, maybe can't use what we provide yeah. um, and perhaps depending on the type of treatment they're going through they may have been told by their oncology team not to use certain items not to use certain okay. ingredients um, so we just advise them then if that's the case just don't use the product at the moment keep it and hopefully in a few months time when the treatment is over you'll be able to go back to that or use the you know the regular stuff okay, um, okay. yeah yeah it is difficult because it's it's you know stuff that's aesthetics is like it doesn't it's not priority to medical mm. and to doctors and yes. stuff like that so and but it affects you because your body is changing massively and you know like there's so many things that you're dealing with like your appearance mm. changing is so impactful yeah Oh, there's absolutely no doubt. I mean, I uh, to go back to my myself. Yeah. Um, I was a makeup artist back in the day, and uh, the first company I worked with was Christian Dior, and um, I went over f to London for training to the, you know, headquarters of, and they mentioned look good, feel better. They said like, if any of you would like to volunteer, here's a wonderful organisation. I had never heard of it came back to Ireland, didn't know whether it existed in Ireland. Um, to my delight, found that it did exist. And I immediately signed up to volunteer. And um, I just found that, uh, I mean, somebody I remember saying that a lot of what no good feel better is giving and receiving. So like a volunteer like me then or anyone today who goes into a workshop and is giving of their time and of their um qualifications and their skills yeah. but actually you receive so much back yeah. from yeah. the women in the room um like the workshop would take approximately an hour and a half two hours depending on the group and the size and how many questions are asked um and you can just feel the room changing 
Yeah. Um, because they're all given the bag at the workshop, it's not just a demonstration. OK, the lead volunteer will demonstrate on one of the participants, you know, how to use all the, the products. But we encourage the women to actually do it along with us, you know, yeah. um, because they have everything there in front of them and we have all the tissues and cotton wool and, you know, everything is there for them to use. Yeah. And, um, you know, the room just, it turns yeah, like the atmosphere in the room, uh, because you know when people come in, yeah, they don't necessarily know each other. Sometimes the the odd one, you know, if they've met in the hospital before or whatever. For the most part, they're strangers to each other, so they all come in. They're kind of quiet, and you know, and then they start chatting to each other. Then they start putting the makeup on, yeah. and all of a sudden they can kind of see themselves coming back, particularly those who have lost eyebrows and yeah. eyelashes and things and you draw in the eyebrows and they kind of look in the mirror and they think, wow, yeah. you know. Um, and the group of women who leave are an entirely different group of women who yeah. came in. But for the volunteer, yeah, it, it totally uplifts yeah. me or any volunteer as yeah. well. Uh, you know, it's 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 amazing. I totally get that because like I went, I came into the industry to like, for that like I love making people feel better yeah and these are people that really need, need it, it. Yeah. do you know that kind of like mm. really need it so I'm sure and do you find it hard to get volunteers now we do yes yeah. Um. I mean it's always been you know difficult enough to get volunteers because you're relying on them um you know, taking time off or, you know, yeah. doing it on their day off or whatever. Um, and uh, and they are like they're not at weekends or nighttime. Yeah. They're during the day in, well, in the hospitals, in the cancer care centres. That's that's when these places are open, you know. Yeah. Um, and um, we lost a lot of them over COVID because, um, well, so many of them weren't working for so yeah. long. I mean, the salons were all closed. Um, the counters even in the department stores and stuff like a lot of them were, were closed as well for so long um, that they had to move on and do different things and you know go into different industries altogether yeah. Yeah. Um, so we lost a lot of them and um, I suppose maybe another slight aspect of it is that the cancer care centres aren't as centrally based as the hospitals were. So mm. if you think of, um, you know, Cork or Galway or whatever. So you've got um, Cork University Hospital or Galway University Hospital. They're quite, they're, they'd be a bit like the matter here. Quite yeah. city centre-ish, right? Yeah. Um, so if you girls working in, we had a lot of girls from Debenhams, which of course we lost. Yeah. You know, that was a huge. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. That just went. Um, but girls working in Debenhams or Arnott's or Brown Thomas or whatever. Um, very easy for them to get to a city centre hospital. Mm. They can knock off from the counter, nip up the road, do the workshop and come back to work. Yeah. Um. In, I mean, Galway is a classic example. The two workshops we're doing now in Galway, one is in Gort and one is in Tume. Really? So they're not way out. Yeah. So yeah. they're not so yeah. accessible um, yeah. for, you know, for the girls working in the stores and salons. Yeah. I mean, obviously there is, there are a couple of salons in Tume and in yeah. Gort and that's where we've got the people. But obviously the, the, um, 
well the main main the amount main, of people the main amount of people yeah, yeah. like you know uh, it's difficult it's like it is difficult because who's going to work all day get in a car drive to court and then go okay yeah. I'll do a workshop and then drive to wherever they yeah. need it yeah. is more difficult so it is more difficult yeah. so um, but even in Dublin you know I think like uh, we're, we're having difficulty even in Dublin so if anyone is listening yeah. and would like to volunteer please go onto the website yeah. there's um you'll see a tab there for volunteer and you can just submit your your details and we'll be in touch um we start off you know if, if when a volunteer um approaches us um that you observe either yeah. a zoom one or you go along and assist a lead volunteer yeah. at a you know at one in a hospital yeah. a face-to-face one and um you can continue doing that or if you feel then having I mean we're, we're we're treating the going along and assisting as training really yeah. you know we don't really have at the moment separate training for volunteers yeah. um really we don't need to train them in in the ap- application of makeup and skin because yeah. that's what they're trained in yeah I suppose it's really just how our workshops work yeah and yeah. the difference maybe between dealing with women with cancer and then uh, you know, a woman who just is in Arnott's and happens to sit up on your stool. You know, yeah. it's just it's just slightly different. Yeah. Um, uh, but by coming along and observing and um, assisting, yeah. and then if they're happy to lead yeah. in the future, then we're delighted for them to do that. Yeah, I think that'd be a really nice yeah. thing to do. Yeah. I think it's nice to just give back sometimes. Mm. We kind of get so self-absorbed and, yes. you yes. know, into yeah. ourselves that we forget mm. about, like... Yeah, most of the workshops, um, like a lot of them, the, the virtual ones are 11 a.m. Yeah. in the morning. Um, and there, I suppose, anybody working from home, they're easier to fit in. Maybe even if you are working, you can, yeah. you know just stop working for a couple of hours do it and, and yeah. then pick up where yeah. you left off um, face to face one's obviously a bit more difficult people have, you know th- they could be morning or they could be afternoon um, Yeah. you know so t- it is your morning gone it is your afternoon gone you know so uh, in terms of whether you're working or whether it's your day off or yeah but you're an afternoon a month wouldn't kill anyone no, do you know that no, yeah, yeah well that's what we hope but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that like I, I think that would be great if people I do think it's maybe raising awareness as well, because some people, they will know it, but they won't think, oh, yeah, I could mm-hmm. go do volunteering or, you know, yes, just putting yeah. it back into their head yeah, to kind of yeah. do it. So hopefully. yeah, so it's very easy on the website to either, you know, whether you want to volunteer or whether you'd like to join um, a Zoom workshop, yeah. you know, as a participant. Um, just go yeah. onto the website and just give us your details and we'll um, invite you to the next available workshop. Amazing. Yeah. OK, well, people should go on and do that. And if you're in the UK, I think it should, you know, have a look at it in the UK as well, because yeah. it is in mm. the UK as well. Yes. Yes. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for coming in, Margaret, and sharing about it with us. You're welcome. It's a very it's good very cause. Nice. And it's, it, you know, it like it is. It's very interesting to hear about it and remind people to kind of look after people that are going through a hard time. Yes. Yeah. 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 Thank you so much. You're welcome. You're